Five o'clock in Pirate Country, and 94.3 The Game is going to get you home with the P-Man. In five, four, three, two, one. Lock it in. Turn it up. It's time for the Patrick Johnson Show on 94.3 The Game. This is the flagship station of the ECU Pirates. the weeks we were going to take off oh can it be oh great start uh god i just now my mic sounds terrible what goes on during the weekends in here that's what i'd like to know about it uh hey welcome in let's see the computer is uh rebooting and doing something so everything i had is basically a blue screen right now with the circle of death and everything uh in, in this end is collapsed I think we've got it straight now. Are you there, Ben? Well, they figured baseball season was over, so you know who needs a sports station. <laughs> now, Ben. I'm speaking for myself here. We're at the back of the building now for a reason. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. <laughs> I'm kidding. Hey, it's great to have you with us. Uh, ben is right. The baseball season for the Pirates over. You know, the if the umpiring in game two sucked, I, just to say it. Oh, yeah, no doubt. But that's not the reason it is over. Not the reason why they lost. No, and I, and I know it's, you got to blame it on somebody. 
but I, I mean, this was a, this was a championship level, really good team. It was not a great team, but it was, I mean, it was like, there's great and it's right there below it. Yeah. That's how good this team, they're really, really, really good. And they have some really great players who had some really great seasons. They had some guys who probably should be great who didn't have very good seasons or just had good seasons. But on the whole, you're looking at a bunch of guys who had really, really good seasons. A couple in particular had excellent seasons. But, uh, you know, I saw the stat where if you look at the last four starting pitchers that the Pirates faced in Super Regional games, they're either high draft picks in the for the majors, or they're going to be high draft picks in the majors. The two kids at Louisville and now the two kids at, at Vanderbilt. So, I mean, it, it's it's tough. Just the luck of the draw there. I think, uh, I, I you know, I really do think that the thing that is very frustrating, and Virginia, by the way, a few minutes ago just clinched and they're going. But, you know, then State comes back and goes. Uh, a little salt in the wound for the uh, the Pirate Nation. I can't say they had a cookie-cutter super regional opponent. No, I mean, they, they're a regional opponent. They had uh, I'll give it to them. The Pack had to earn it. Pack had to earn it. And look, the Pirates, those were close games. And when they did make it 2-1, to one, I thought, okay, we're going to have an opportunity here to get this thing to game three. But that was the only ball, for ECU at least, that left the, the infield the whole weekend was the uh, Moylan homer. That was the only ball for the Pirates that left, as far as that scored a run, that was the only ball that left the infield the entire weekend. You You're talking a true freshman did that. Well, it, no matter who did it, the point is you can't have that kind of... Oh, yeah. You, you, it's the pitching. That's obviously the two guys you faced. And I had a friend last night write me about, you know, I, I just got to get off. P- politics didn't drive this person off show, social media. The fan base moaning and groaning about strike zones has pushed this guy oh, off yeah. social media. <laughs> it's said, been I, bad. I, I'm not going to get and I get it, but you got to go play and you got to, you know, is that the reason Rocker and Lighter were so dominant? No. Did it help? Didn't help the Pirates. <laughs> but, I mean, it, it just wasn't. And, I mean, I'm not, like, high-level people complaining. It, it's... At the end of the day, you can't leave the game in the hands of the ump. It was close enough to where. Well, none of them were close. Yeah. I'll say none of them. I mean, well, the first game was was fairly close. I, I thought and the there fir- was at I points in the second game. The first was game was close. much better umpired behind the plate than the second game. Oh yeah, second game was that 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 guy. I can recall a specific moment in that second right. game where it's like, but ugh. that cat doesn't need to be umpiring anywhere in the postseason ever. Oh yeah, but. You know, as I said Friday on this very program, you can't complain about umpiring when your guy strikes out more than the other guy. You just can't. Just can't. And pirate pitching was phenomenal, kept a minute. Uh look, Cliff Godwin has beaten out some really good programs for some really good pl- young talent in the recruiting battles. Uh for my money, this was not as Talented as the Packard couple, those Packard teams, but uh, there's an argument. Either either way, there's an argument. Yeah, I mean, I, I just that's just my opinion. It was a great, really, really, really good team, but but just not a 
you know, that, that level of greatness yeah. that you need to, to really push through. Now, obviously much closer than the one in 19 that went to the Super Regional, score-wise. Well, that was brutal. I remember that one. Yeah. Pitching was phenomenal, though. Pitching was phenomenal. Uh, hitting, great pitching is what they faced, and great hit. Great pitching is going to defeat great, really good, and okay hitting every time, at least the majority of the time, and that was the case. Um, I think Cliff Goblin and the players have accounted for themselves in an extremely classy manner, and that's some phenomenal stuff. Uh, do we have uh, on the vast soundbite roster the final cut of the Cliff Branch is the one, I think, where Brian Bailey, you know, got him at, coming out of the locker room. This is uh, Cliff Godwin talking about uh, kind of busting through to Omaha. And, and, you know, I think the question leading in was, Cliff, you, you told, the, as you said in there, to the guy's life, is it fair? It's not, man. Uh, We're doing the right things, and we're going to knock the door down. I just don't know when it's going to be, as I've said, and uh, that's the part that hurts the most. And he's 100% right. They are doing uh, things the right way. The academics are high. Here's why the academics are so important. You might kind of think to yourself, why is Vanderbilt so good at baseball? Well, there's only 11.7 scholarships, right? Vanderbilt gives a lot of academic money. Because they got they go out and they get smart kids who can play baseball, so that that covers a lot of the cost of those of the of the quality of players that they're bringing in. I would venture to say Duke is doing the same. I I, I was told this by somebody who would know that that is what Vanderbilt is doing over the weekend. Uh, I would, again presume Duke has kind of done the same thing, maybe not the exact same thing, but I, but I bet you there's a lot of academic money. And these are private schools, so they can they can do this. I'm told Liberty kind of does the same thing. That's why Liberty so all of a sudden kind of emerged on the baseball scene here. So that's the that's how those private institutions are able to be so good. Look, Stanford's in probably Stanford does the same thing. I bet there's a lot of academic money money fused into that baseball program as far as getting guys paid for. So that when you hear Cliff Godwin talk about the team GPA and the academics. And you're probably thinking to yourself, well, this is really golly gee whiz. Or, you know, you're thinking, boy, there's something to be proud of. These are good citizens and good students. Yeah, it's, it's something tremendously to be proud of. But it's a way to also help those guys who are good students and maintain the fact that they're really good students. It allows him to get some of that academic money to help offset, obviously, what the scholarships don't cover because there's no full scholarships. In that uh, in that particular sport out of the NCAA, that's an NCAA thing. Well, there's something to the fact that also baseball is a very mental sport. It's more so mental than your footballs, your hockey's, your whatever the case may be. Basketball it, it relies on a high IQ and thinking out the next moves, thinking out the next play, planning things three, four steps ahead. While you're not wrong, it's about the money to pay for these guys to come. Yeah, here, though. That's, <laughs> that, I, I'm not discounting what you're saying, but that's the that's the big thing there. Can you get academic money? Can you get academic need? Can you get academic grants uh, for these guys to to get them in to help offset what obviously the scholarships don't even come close to covering? And it doesn't cost anywhere nearly as much to go to ECU as it does, say, Wake Forest or Vanderbilt or, or wherever. So uh, when you hear that academic thing, that's that's the big sort of, of thing there. 
But look, uh, I, the pitching did everything the pitching could do. Pitching was really great. Uh, Wizenhunt was fabulous. I think more than atoned for uh, what was a probably nerve-ridden start against Norfolk State to open the regional. I, you know, I, I just... You can imagine I heard from a lot of people this weekend thinking a lot of different things. And it was nice to see a little bit of the of the other games. And I didn't watch every single inning or every single pitch of the other college super regional games. But when I did, and they were making mention of Vanderbilt advancing through, these announcers in the other series, I mean, they talked about ECUs, you know, right there on the doorstep. And they are. Now, whether they'll get through, we, we will see. We will see. I do think there are some obvious advantages to having a super regional. This ballpark here was built to host regionals, but it's also built to host super regionals. And you just have to have that opportunity. I I think right now, given the makeup of the American and Coach Godwin and other coaches of the American can talk up how competitive and tough of of a conference it is, and it is. But, you know, not being able to play those... RPI helping midweek games once conference started really, especially for ECU was a, was a, was, was troublesome. It was a troublesome thing to overcome this year. And what's so frustrating about that. It's not a matter of these teams are terrible. They just underperformed a lot of these teams we had high expectations for, and they just didn't show up this season. A lot of teams struggled, but they also didn't get a chance to build their RPIs up in, in the midweek games while conference play was going on. That's true. And that included ECU. So you've got you to figure this RPI thing out. You've got to – I mean, and, and look, ECU played fabulous this weekend, but they did not finish the season as strongly as they started. And you've got to have a strong – I mean, but does that, Arkansas finished the season as well as anybody. Yet they're sitting home today, not going to Omaha next week. I, I just – you, you got you to gotta catch luck. you got to be healthy. You got to get that level of pitching like you got this weekend. It helps you if you're at home. So if you're ECU and you could somehow get that top eight national seed, somebody I I heard from this weekend said that the Pirates are going to have to be, in order to get there, closer to a an eight or a nine, and maybe a ten annually. And in most years they probably will be. Look, but thirteen's you know, not impossible. Just ran into two amazing pitchers this weekend. I'll say this uh, to that theory that that uh, your friend pointed out there. You're going to have to beat teams like Vanderbilt in order to get. I, I didn't to a say it was my series. friend now, Ben. Or, or, or whoever texted you or whoever you heard from. I'm just saying you're going to have to beat teams like Vanderbilt no, in are. order to get there. You are, and it's, I mean, you just just not good enough to get there. You want to win when you get there. So that's what, you know. You always wonder, okay, if ECU gets there, yeah, when they get there, what what's you know, is it a how do they do? You but you know, it's look. The NC State, a lot has been talked about about the what was it one and eight start in the ACC, yeah. four and nine overall, whatever it was. But this team, back before the season started, had the hopes of going to. I mean, that was this was a roster that was made to go to Omaha. Oh yeah, uh, the Wolfpack team last year was definitely probably going to be a team that was going to go to Omaha, but then the season got canceled. So, and, and I, I get Elliot Avent is sacrilege in these parts. I've always liked Elliot Avent. Not saying he's the greatest baseball mind ever, but uh, he apparently knows what he's doing a little bit. Uh, 
but you know, you at least got a team from the state there for what that's worth. Uh, but you Don't know, say I, it. I, well, I just, I think that's more frustrating. That adds to the frustration of the weekend. Oh, that yeah. ECU played well. They just offensively ran into a buzzsaw of, of two top two or three picks in the draft here in a couple of weeks. Um, you know, and it's just, it's just that sort of thing. But I mean, there was talk that this was going to be an, an NC state team going to go to Omaha, you know, the ECU thing, I think in experts, they could go, but it wasn't as definitive as some of the talk with state was before the season started, but the pack bounced back after a, a terrible start. Pirates had a fabulous start. Uh, that series, I, I you know, that's the landmark. I don't know what happened after that, but that series getting canceled, going out to Houston, getting canceled, spending a couple of days out there, coming back. And then just from there, it was it was a team that had a winning record, but it just was a team also that had the majority of its losses after that point. So, you know, what happened at that point? Was it a who, – who knows? Well, I think a lot of that had to do with the four-game schedule. Just playing things out yeah, when you have I to play a doubleheader. Yeah, and... I think that, that, that if, if the American would go back and look at that, that was not a smart – decision oh yeah it was the decision they had to make at the time but in hindsight that does not make a, a, a good decision it's hard enough to find a game three starter uh it's a yeah. whole another deal to find a game four right, starter that's true. <laughs> well and, and i mean you, you know you don't have to have a ton of pitching depth you just have to have a, some really great pitchers acu had two frontline starter guys yeah. this week i thought the bullpen was fine the bullpen was was, was pitching wasn't the problem pitching was not the problem this weekend more so run run support, but like you said, you face two of the best pitchers in right. the country. It's just the unfortunate luck of the draw. I mean, you played two of the very best. And that's where we are. And uh, I, I do know it is extremely frustrating for, for everybody. But what it, look, it's a great year. And the program is in a mode where it, uh, as they say sometimes, reloads, not rebuilds. But, yeah. You know, it reloads. And there's a lot of great young players that have been signed. There's a lot of talent. There's guys that didn't play a whole lot this year. They're going to be big-time studs the next two or three oh, years. Yeah. So, I mean, this is this is all a program's in tremendous footing. Program's in great shape. And uh, it, it's got, you know, nobody works as hard as Cliff Godwin and his staff. They've been fantastic. They're tremendous. Everybody with that program is, by and large, a tremendous representative of, of the university. And that's that's something to be proud of there, and and we'll see what Cliff does. We'll see what he does as far as uh, you know, I know he had some individual meetings today. We wanted to uh, have him on as soon as possible, so we appreciate the fact that he's going to accommodate us tomorrow and, and come on the show with us. Uh, and we're we're not going to litigate strike zones and you know calls that were and were not made. That's I mean, just not fair. Well, that I mean, he, be fair he to can't him. he can't say anything, and I mean it. But I, I would get it. I would be interested to hear. You know what? It, 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 you know what? What the plan is now? Because you yeah. you can know he's he's making it he's making adjustments within his plan, but not steering off the. I mean, I'm not saying he's doing a 180 or going to do something radical, but you have to make adjustments within your plan to get to this ultimate uh, destination. So yeah, we'll see. Yeah, you're not going to have guys. You probably won't have Connor Norby. You're not going to have Gavin Williams. I mean, a lot of big time players are probably going to be moving on. And a lot of your, I mean, you saw the senior class. I mean, there was a lot of important pieces in that senior class that are no longer on the team. So he's got a, he's got a lot to figure out here in the off season yeah. and see what he's got. Yeah. But like Connor Norby, he was a guy that he notoriously is 
harped on and said was a tr- well, not necessarily a troublemaker, but he just didn't quite play his potential and wasn't really showing up in practice. And one day it clicked. So maybe we can get a guy like that somewhere, somewhere sure. down the line in the offseason. Maybe sure. somebody emerges and steps up. Now, the, you know, we asked Cliff when we had our visits with him during the year about some of the younger guys who are going to be big time, and he talked about that. And, and we'll talk about some of that with him tomorrow. And I, and I appreciate the fact, again, that he's going to be willing to come on tomorrow. Uh, looks like Wednesday, not only will we uh, preview golf with our guy Brian Mull, but C.J. Wilson will be in the house. It was announced last week that the uh, Pirate football alum and Super Bowl champion with the uh, Green Bay Packers has taken uh, a job on the football staff at North Pitt. So we're going to talk to C.J. Pirate all-time great right there. I'm excited to have him in. I think it's going to be fun. You know, he's from where my wife's from. They're both from Bellhaven. He's got a sign. She does not, but he's got a sign there when you drive into. So we'll talk to uh, CJ. Be interested to get his perspective on this whole Packers Aaron Rodgers stuff too. So a lot of nice things to talk with. with him about. Yeah, no, it'd be great. It'd be great. Looking forward to that. Uh, and then another thing that's going on this week that I'm uh, we're working out to get the guy on. You've heard of the uh, website and social media of uh, Hoop State, which kind of covers high school basketball, prep basketball, AAU basketball. The guy, or one of the guys who started that is a guy from uh, Kinston originally, uh, Webb Wellman. I've known Webb since he was a kid. And uh, Webb, uh, on that website, they put together a documentary on the Farmville Central basketball season. I mean, it looks like something that would be on like Netflix. It was or, a great documentary. Have you watched it? Yep, it's on YouTube. So, I mean, I've just seen the trailer, and it looks phenomenal. So we're going to have Webb on to talk about that and give that some promotion because it just it, it, you've seen it, you know, it's it's high quality. Uh, so we'll have that. Uh, I know we're going to get Mike Oresco sometime over the next uh, week to 10 days. Phil Steele's going to be with us at some point here in the next uh, couple weeks. And uh, more. Bethany, would, Beth, would, go ahead. I said I would think Oresco would have to be thrilled with the whole new playoff format here. I mean, he was telling us months ago he was – well, that looking forward to get a seat at the That'll table. be one of the many things we'll talk to him about if he calls Looking time. forward to that. No, it's always a lengthy conversation with the commissioner, but we'll talk with him. Uh, I also, uh, we got Bethany Bradshaw coming up about 20 minutes or so from uh, the Big Rock. That got underway today. Michael Jordan is there. Conflict. I mean, we basically, Bethany told us a week or so ago that Michael Jordan's going to be at the Big Rock. And then Trevor Lawrence there? There, well, I don't know about that, but there, <laughs> I heard, well, I've heard some others are going to be there, but we know Michael Jordan's there. And then there were people on social media, like reporters, actual legend news people. Michael Jordan's not going to be there. Michael Jordan's not there. Michael Jordan. Anyway, I, anyway, I mean, everybody, everybody who was like an official per, he's going to be there. And then there were, I mean, I, it's, it's the weirdest thing. And I don't know if it was directed at because we'd had Bethany on to talk about. I don't know. But it just it seemed odd that it kept getting harped on that he was not going to be there or not there. But he's there. All right, a uh, break. Uh, And then uh, are we sounding all right now, Ben? It sounds like we've settled down a little bit here. No issues. It's a perfect storm right before the show started. Everything was rolling along smoothly. Everybody was in their place. And all of a sudden, all hell broke loose. But we're fine now. 
Uh, let's uh, break. We'll come back. We'll do a pirate report. We'll hear some of the comments from Cliff Godwin and Godwin and the three seniors that he had with him at the Dayos following the uh, loss to Vandy on Saturday. So we'll uh, come back and uh, have that for you here in just a bit on the PJ Show. Miss a moment. Remember, there will be a test. You can log on to the brand new 943thegame.com for the podcast of the PJ Show. Plus, what's going on with sports in Pitt County and around the globe. And the latest on the ECU Pirates. Log on today to the brand new 943thegame.com. You are dismissed. And now, Patrick Johnson with today's Pirate Report on the flagship station of the ECU Pirates, 94.3 The Game. All right, uh, welcome back in. Patrick Johnson's show. Uh, we got uh, Bethany Bradshers we mentioned a little later on. Uh, also, uh, we're going to have at some point Mick Mixon over the next couple weeks. Uh, it was announced today that on the Panthers television uh, of the preseason, so you know how they kind of do local preseason telecasts? Yep. Uh, that Steve Smith will be involved in those. Awesome. No, I love it. I love that. I, I think it's it makes total sense. Have you seen the promotional video they put out on Twitter? I've not caught that yet. I, I read one of the other names involved, and I got sick to my stomach. Oh, it's so it's really I, good. <laughs> I, uh, I, I do want to see the – but I, I'm thrilled Steve Smith is involved. I'm thrilled, Steve. I'm just wondering if the other guy will record stuff off his television, like uh, on his phone, and use the audio from that like he used to do. Anyway. Oh, okay. hey, this is personal. I know. It is. I, I, I rise above. Rise above, Ben. Uh, let's see here. Uh, let's get some of Cliff Godwin's uh, thoughts immediately following the game the uh, other day. This was uh, ECU uh, head coach Cliff Godwin and uh, kind of his opening statement following the uh, Pirates' defeat to Vanderbilt on Saturday, wrapping up their season. Their team is super good. You know, Rocker and Lighter really gave us fits, and the guys out of the bullpen, they they were the better team out of two days. Um, that being said, our guys poured everything onto the field that they had, and it just wasn't good enough, which <laughs> that makes it hurt. And these three guys that are sitting next to me, Two of them have been with me for six years, one for five. And uh, if we don't get a chance to go to Omaha, but I get an opportunity to coach these three, I wouldn't trade it for the world. Cliff Godwin uh, on the fact that ECU is close to getting to the destination of Omaha, Nebraska for the College World Series. We're like that far, like millimeters. And... This team, like I said before, we played in the regional, would not be judged by going to the Cosgrove Series. If you want to be mad at somebody, then be mad at the head coach. I'm the leader of the organization, but not our young men, not the guys that have had a 3.69 team GPA. And I don't know everybody in the country's GPA, but I would say that's the best in the country. And what they do in the community, what they've done for East Carolina University, I don't care about Omaha. Not right now. I care about these young men that are hurting, that have poured their soul and sweat and tears into our program for six and five years. And the other guys, too, they, they have given us everything and more. And we just weren't good enough. Life's not fair. Um, and I don't know why we haven't gone. It's nothing that we're, we're doing the right things. Our kids are doing the right things. We just haven't knocked the door down. But the percentages say if you keep knocking the door, the door is going to open. 
and we're going to knock the door down at some point in time. This is uh, Matt Bridges on his decision to be a pirate. To sum it up in a whole, I think, is, is quite a lot. I don't really have a lot of words to do that. Um, but I'll say one thing. Um, coming to East Carolina was the best decision of my life, and uh, I wouldn't trade it for the world. Um, Coach Godwin and, he, and the team and the program, man, they've, they've taught me life lessons that uh, I'll never forget. And, uh, you know, we've, we've won some championships here. We, we haven't got to the promised land yet, but where we want to go. But, man, it's, uh, it's coming, and I don't know when that's going to be. Uh, we say that all the time, but it's, it's coming, and we're, and we're going to knock on that door every time until it, until it happens. And um, I just can't thank Coach Godwin enough for giving me the opportunity to play here. And uh, it's a special place. And uh, <laughs> that's about it. That's all I got right now. Always tough to listen to that. Uh, some more tough comments coming up. Uh, you know, Cliff Godwin said it, and there, there's a great deal of truth, uh, that if there was no Gavin Williams, this team would not have been in the Super Regional. If there's no Matt Bridges in the latter part of the year, they wouldn't have been there either. Uh, he was phenomenal near the end of the year. The end of the season, he was unreal. He he was about as good as anybody in the country in that role. Forget the honor. I mean, he was clearly MVP of the regionals. Like, there's no other player that even came no, close. No, you're you're 100 correct. Um, Cam Colmore, a uh, local product, talked about uh, the state of the ECU program. Yeah, I would just say, um, you know, this shout out to the coaches and um, the guys that played before us. Um, you know, not just me and Matt and Schmitty, but you know the guys that. You know, the Chris Holbas, you know, and all those guys, um, there's a lot of them, but the guys that came before us and, you know, set the standard for, you know, what EC baseball is. And, you know, since then, you know, we never look back and we always talk about leaving a legacy and leaving the place better than you found it. And, um, you know, I think uh, us three have done that. So. And this is uh, Colmore on the pitching as a whole, keeping that Super Regional Series close. You know, I'm proud of us, you know, as a, you know, our staff, I'm proud of, you know, Coach Dietz, AK, everybody, but, you know, our hitters have picked us up all year and, um, you know, it was our turn to, you know, pick them up and give us a chance and uh, we did our best shot, so. Cliff Godwin uh, talked about the decision after the game Saturday uh, to go to his pin after uh, Wisenhunt uh, was really, really good uh, to start the game. We had guys in the bullpen in the first inning. Look, you, if you don't win today, you go home. And we wanted to make sure that we went to our best bullpen guys, which we did. Um, Bridgie was uh, really good. Um, you know, I thought that everybody that we ran out there was was really good. You know, they just got, I think, four two-out RBIs, and we got one home run. So that was the difference in the game. And this is uh, Tyler Smith, one of the uh, three seniors that was sitting up there with Coach Godwin talking about uh, and reflecting upon his career. To be honest, right now I'm speechless. Um, these past five years have been the best five years of my life, and I would do it all over again if I could, just because these guys and the coaches for giving me the opportunity. I mean, I don't have much to say right now. I just love this place so much. Cliff Godwin uh, talking about the talent in the Vandy program, but their pitching obviously is what kind of sets them apart from a lot of other teams 
in the country. Uh, cut seven, Cliff Godwin on the Commodores' top two pitchers. They're uh, top two starters. You're not going to face uh, anybody with a five-and-a-half ERA when you're in a Super Regional. It just is what it is. And, you know, we went toe-to-toe with one of the best teams in the country. We just weren't quite as good as them. You know, like I said, Rocker and Lighter were just a little bit better than Gavin, Wiz, and Hunt and our bullpen and, and their bullpen guys, too. I mean, they were just a tick better. Um, I think anybody watching at home knew that we were in every game. We just couldn't get a big hit. Uh, they got a big hit by Young today, two out RBI. Uh, we just got one swing off, and uh, that was the difference in the game. Cliff Godwin, uh, and we when we started the show about this, and look, I again, I'll, I'll reiterate this: it did not. The calls didn't help. That's not what lost the game. And I know everybody. It's easy to. Look, officiating, I think it's gotten better in basketball. Football's still kind of shaky. I'm just talking as a whole. Uh, college baseball umpiring, in my opinion, has always kind of stunk. I mean, and part just, of that, it's, just, it's still a growing sport. Well, again, it's yeah. just not. I mean, if you're an umpire, you got to maybe do a little bit of college baseball to get to. I mean, if you want to make this your career, you, yeah. you're going in a different direction. Than umpiring college ball, you're you're going more in the direction you're going to work your way up through the minors or whatever. So I mean, there's just there's some, and I've seen calls that decide games. We've all seen it, but uh, and, and that that none of that helped this weekend. I I will, I'm not saying it didn't have an impact. But it didn't decide the game. I'll say this: we did see calls that were crucial, but I don't think we saw any calls that decided the game. Yeah, exactly. I, I just didn't help. Yeah, but you know, you could pick every pitch and pick it apart. But this is uh, Cliff Godwin. He was asked about some pitches, one in particular that was called a strike. Oh my goodness! Uh, yeah, Coach Godwin can't talk about that. So I just would uh, tell everybody to go back and watch the game. It's on video. So uh, I know one thing: when Cam Colmore, who's a six-year senior, says that the three-one pitch is right down the middle, I trust that guy. Trust that guy. He's seen a lot of balls thrown. So, um, and it is what it is, man. You go on the road, and uh, we've been on the road every time for a super regional except '01, uh, and we weren't at our home field. We were just in Kenston. So. It makes it more difficult to win on the road. I think it's 75%, 70% of the teams that host go to Omaha. Uh, that doesn't mean that you can't do it on the road. It's just um, I've always envisioned that we would do it at Clark LeClaire for our fans. And uh, it is what it is. We, we came on the road, and we just weren't quite good enough. And uh, then there was the question, which – Oh boy! <laughs> this got as this this almost got as many people up upended and all up in their emotions uh, than the umpires than the umpiring. <laughs> and this was the the question was again at a certain point the question's fine, but then the statement in the question of was this over before it started was asked. Timing was terrible. Just Cliff's reaction to. The question essentially was this series over before it started. Uh, absolutely not. Our guys poured their heart and soul into the field. It was not lost before we got here. The way Gavin Williams pitched yesterday against, you know, a guy that's going to go in the top five picks, 
Leiter's going to go in the top three picks, supposedly. I'm not a scout, but the way our guys competed, absolutely not. Don't don't ever say that again. I, no offense that we had lost before we even started playing. Our guys poured their heart and soul into what these last two games were. All right. Uh, ben Byram with an update on uh, not only Pirate Bay. We, we had uh, – do you have this thing in your update? If you don't, it's fine, about uh, the local schools getting into the uh, – Oh, you do? Okay. We had four local schools get into the baseball tournament. Who knew that the baseball tournament was being played right now? Those kids graduated weeks ago, yet they're playing baseball right now for the high school. So four teams involved in all of that that starts tomorrow night. Uh, so Ben, with a recap of the ECU season and the Super Regional and uh, what's going on with the high schools and just everything else going on. This is a chock-full-of-goodness sports update with Ben Byron. Appreciate it, Patrick. We start with high school baseball. Finalized NCHSAA playoff brackets are out. From 2A 16-seeded North Pitt will play top-seeded McMichael. From 3A 3rd-seeded DH Conley Bell's 14th-seeded Jacksonville. While 13th-seeded J.H. Rose takes on 4th-seeded West Johnson. And from 4A 6-seeded South Central matches up against 11th-seeded Laney. All seeds were drawn at random by the NCHSAA. From college football... As former Nebraska quarterback Luke McCaffrey, the brother of Christian McCaffrey, has transferred to Rice. Former Colorado starting quarterback Sam Neuer is officially transferred to Oregon State. From the NFL, the Miami Dolphins have extended linebacker Jerome Baker for three years and $39 million. Jets wide receiver Jameson Crowder has agreed to take a pay cut to remain with the team. The details of his restructured contract have not been released, but as it stands, Crowder is set to make about $11 million. He is said to make to be an $11 million cap hit, excuse me, and from the Carolina Panthers, former Pro Bowl safety Ha Clinton Dix has been invited for a minicamp tryout with the team. And one of the greatest Panthers of all time, former wide receiver Steve Smith will serve as the team's TV analyst during their preseason games. For the NBA, ex-head coach and current Nets assistant Mike D'Antoni said to interview the head coaching job for the Portland Trailblazers. Speaking of the Nets, head coach Steve Nash spoke to the media and claims that James, that James Harden is progressing in the right direction when it comes to his hamstring injury. As for Kyrie Irving, after a scary ankle injury, x-rays came back negative. The status and nature of Kyrie's ankle is still unknown. But Nash claims that he's crossing his fingers that it's not a long-term sprain. He also stated that Kyrie will be out for Game 5 against the Suns. Wrapping up for the NHL, the Hurricanes have granted permission for their former All-Star defenseman and Dougie Hamilton to speak to other teams, opening the door for a potential sign-and-trade deal. That's going to do it for your 94th of the game sports update. I'm Ben Barman. We return an update from the Big Rock Blue Marlin Tournament after this quick timeout. And Pirates. Oh, yeah. Panthers. Good, baby. Very good. The P-Man. Uh, put its pants. This is Eastern North Carolina's home for sports. 94.3 The Game. The flagship station of the ECU Pirates. Greenville's top sports show is back. Well, isn't that special? The Patrick Johnson Show on 94.3 The Game.
said this on our uh, website, but we don't. All right. That's fine. Bethany Bradshaw is with us here. Bethany's covering the uh, Big Rock this week. Bethany, I thought we were going to uh, link that up through our website. We got I got to get us our, our people on that, but uh, yeah, well, it's okay because I haven't written my story yet. Oh, I'm okay, it, so. all right. Well, what you haven't uh, missed anything? Where can people go and get uh, Bethany Bradshaw's articles about the Big Rock? Oh, BigRockBook.com. Okay, there you go. BigRockBook.com. BigRockBook.com, and it'll say "Click here for updates, 2021 updates." I'm going to have an article every night. Okay. Um, there's one really good reason, Patrick, that I haven't finished that story yet. Yeah, well, what's going? First of all, uh, let's give you a proper intro here. Uh, the multi-talented Bethany Bradshaw is uh, not only a, uh, a tremendous author who has written uh, many great books, uh, but she's also covering the Big Rock this uh, week. And uh, Bethany joins us uh, from that event down at the coast. Bethany, what is the reason that there's not an update yet? Well, Patrick, there is a boat called Marlin Fever out there in the deep near the Gulf Stream that has been fighting a marlin since 1025 this morning. Wow. And I shot a text to some of my friends who fished the Big Rock just to make sure I gave you the most up-to-the-minute info, and they are still fighting the fish. Wow. Wow. Yeah, so as long as you hook it before 3 o'clock, there's no limit on how long you can fight it. So they, there may be a way in at 1 a.m. I don't know. How about that? I um, don't know. A couple of things for today. I guess uh, we've had our first uh, marlin that was hooked post, right? That's exactly right. There was a 448.8-pound marlin brought to the scales um, a little before 2 o'clock by a boat called Following Seas. So that puts them at the top of the leaderboard right now. There is an $828,000 prize um, on the table for the first marlin over 500 pounds. So that fish did not claim that big money. So that's still out there. Maybe Marlin Fever is going to win that. It's, it's nobody knows. It just seems like it's a big fish for them to have been fighting it for seven plus hours. One would think, yes. Uh, Bethany mm-hmm. Bradshaw's with us, and uh, it's great to have Bethany uh, on the line here. She's uh, covering the Big Rock all week, and the uh, suspense uh, will be there. Are you updating any social media, Bethany? Yours or, or any other? Or you- yes, yes. So I've been updating um, here and there on Big Rock Book uh, on Instagram. Okay, Big Rock Book on Instagram. That's our most active, yeah. I got Big Rock you. Book on Instagram. Look, so you can doing check it, that out. She's doing it for the gram, Ben. Will be linked there. How about that? She's doing it for the gram, Bethany Bradshaw. Doing it for... Well, there I, you go. I, my, I, I've known Bethany for years, and I love Bethany Bradshaw. She's hanging out in the jungle for the regionals. She's on the Instagram. I just, I had you pegged all wrong, Bethany. I had you pegged all wrong all along. You did. I have always... I'm very disappointed. I... We need to have a talk about that at some point. <laughs> uh, so, Bethany, uh, you announced uh, uh last week michael jordan's in the event and there were there, there were naysayers i mean like real media people not just some big mouth on social media they were like <laughs> saying oh michael jordan's not in this thing and i thought and i and i thought well do i reply to this because i mean if bethany said it bethany's just not out there saying things <laughs> bethany bethany's knows if michael jordan's going to be in this and i i thought well no, i i I'm just staying out of it. I, I really don't have a, a uh, uh, you know, a fish in the fight, as it were. But Michael Jordan is there. And, he is uh, here on his yeah. beautiful 80-foot boat, Catch-23. But it was very quiet today from Catch-23. They did not release a blue marlin or a different kind of billfish. Um, boats are given points for not just blue marlin, but also white marlin, sailfish. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Spearfish, and that they there was nothing on the on the board at all 
for Catch-23 unless they ended up getting a game fish, which I haven't seen all those stats because those are coming in right now. Gotcha. Um, so it was quiet, but he did fish today. There are 270 boats entered this year, which is an right. all-time record yeah. for the fleet, and 263 went out. So only seven boats stayed back today. They had a uh, – and, and you you have – how many days you could go out, Bethany, uh, on this? Four. You four. can fish four out of the six available days. Okay. So Monday through Saturday, you choose four of those. And then, a lot of the boats that are entered in that fabulous fisherman's category, mm-hmm, the, mm-hmm. that big 828,000 mm-hmm. I mentioned, um, fish the first four days for that obvious reason because mm-hmm. that's a, a race to get the first marlin over 500. Right, right. But some years, like 2018, which is the one I focused on in my book, that prize was actually won the final day. So it's so interesting. There's so much kind of chess that goes on, and every year is a little different. I know uh, Henry Hinton's down there. He's doing his morning show, but he's also involved with Curtis Strange and the other folks uh, on the Big yes. Rock TV. I that, saw Henry down there today. I hope media. he's wearing sunscreen. It was very bright. Yeah, well, how are the conditions? I, you know, it's obviously bright and hot, but I, I think they had uh, the ladies' angler tournament over the weekend, which uh, I, I really hope people... Uh, took their Dramamine before going out, especially Saturday. Of course, Sunday was no picnic Saturday. either. But Saturday, yeah, was Saturday brutal. was rough. Yeah. Today, uh, all everything I've heard is the conditions have been much, much better today. Obviously, marlin are biting. There were 29 blue marlin released today. Wow. And I haven't heard whether that's an all-time record in 63 years. I mean, it's, it's it goes to, you know, it just follows that if you have more boats than you've ever had before, that these records are going to start falling. Yeah. I haven't heard of a day with 29 blue marlin release that's a lot whoever wins wins but they are hoping the organizers i have to imagine that michael jordan and catch 23 will be there and they will have a marlin that that will post uh that they that will beat the weight qualification that that basically you can't pay for that kind of uh, exposure if you're the big rock no it's tremendous and terry labonte's boat is out there it's called shifting gears and I know they hooked up today, but they did not end up releasing a blue marlin. I think they lost the hook. Something, you know, some mishap occurred. But I saw them on the feed. Um, so there's and Curtis Strange, like you said, is down here. So there's luminaries from all kinds of different worlds who find their way to the Big Rock because it's just such a great event. All right, um, we'll play it by ear and we'll check in with you again. Uh, I guess Absolutely. it sort of depends on. Keep your eye on the Facebook and Twitter yeah. for the Big Rock and their website because this Marlin Fever situation is interesting. I don't yeah. know what's going to happen. I, boy, it wasn't a 1 a.m. I mean, they've had some late night weigh ins in this thing historically. They have. I mean, I, all I can tell you is it takes about two hours typically to get back in. So, you know, if we hear in the next few minutes that they voted their blue, then we're looking at a, 8, you know, 8, 8 p.m. Yeah. Yeah. But could be later. Yeah. No, you never know. All right. Uh, great job, Bethany. Thanks, and we'll talk to you uh, here at some point this week later on. Excellent. Thank you, Patrick. All right, there she is, Bethany Bradshaw. Uh, big stuff happening at the Big Rock. All right, uh, a break. We'll come back and uh, wrap things up, get you set for tomorrow here on the Patrick Johnson Show. Online or on the go. Love it. Log on to our brand-new website, 943thegame.com. To listen to our top-rated programs throughout the day. You need to. Tell your smart speaker to stream 94.3 The Game to take us anywhere you are at any time. And now, the stunning conclusion of the show. It's the P-Man here on 94.3 The Game. MJ, MJ's Catch-23 is reeled in a 25-pound dolphin, so they're going to be back out tomorrow. Big happenings there, big happenings. Uh, thanks to Bethany Bradshaw. Tomorrow, Cliff Godwin will be on the show. 
So we'll uh, have plenty to talk about with him, quite obviously. And uh, C.J. Wilson later on in the week. Uh, We'll be back tomorrow, Tuesday edition of the Patrick Johnson Show. It was a Monday, indeed. We'll uh, catch you tomorrow with more fun and frivolity.